Hi, today is January 26, 2024, and my name is Juni, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a trader that started on Wall Street Bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made some of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free. You can view all my trades for free at thetagain.com slash juni, no sign up required, and email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at juni at thetagain.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday at least an hour at 9am Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash real Thank you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right. I uh, hope everyone had a good weekend. Um, last week on Twitch, because you're listening to this on Monday as I'm recording uh, this on the Friday, last week on Twitch, we had like a record number of average amounts of people or viewers um, than we've ever had. And um, it's really a growing testament to how the community is growing. I really like the conversations I'm having in the morning, especially just the good mornings. I feel like it makes a big difference in my day, you know, starting the day off with some positivity instead of being in a work meeting that you don't particularly enjoy. So definitely a big shift in my own mental state and hopefully um, a good shift for users of the chat or members of the chat too. Uh, but yeah, it's growing. Twitch.tv slash RealTheaterGang. That's where I trade my um, now 340k uh, account, main account, and a 5k account that's now at 6.1k uh, for the 5k challenge account that I have growing with uh, credit spreads. So I have a few more things to share about the 5k account this week, and that includes uh, we opened a Macy's wheel on the 5k account so Macy's is currently now trading at about $19 and when I entered it's trade it traded at around $18.08 that was my entry point I had noticed that Macy's had gapped up and then you know for about a month has sort of declined and filled the gap back down and I reasoned that um, while Macy's could bounce or it could keep going down um, that if I wanted to enter this wheel and stay safe, um, I can just have a mental max loss of about 300 bucks. So uh, I would consider, you know, maybe Macy's can go down to $15, but I'll be managing it the entire time with covered calls. So that would be a good sort of, you know, it's a good example for a smaller account. I think Macy's a little vol- more volatile than I would like, but it does pay a good premium for these covered calls. And so while my objective with this Macy's wheel is not to make a million dollars, it's a good thing to sort of demonstrate for the stream and talk about on the podcast for how to manage a wheel accordingly. So uh, as of right now, again, I mentioned that Macy's at $19. And so we sold the covered call right away after buying the 100 shares of Macy's, which is considered a buy right, buying 100 shares and immediately selling the covered call. And uh, the covered call that we sold sold for about let me see here, sold for about sixty three bucks. So it's a, it's a guaranteed sixty three bucks as you know Macy's is about to uh, have my shares called away, or ra- rather Robin has about to have my shares called away. 
And we opened um, just today uh, another wheel on Macy's, making this a bicycle. So I have two wheels going on with Macy's at once, and that's a total buying power of about $3,700. Um, and that's because uh, my first wheel will be called away this weekend, or rather expire and get assigned. So into next week, I will continue having one wheel of Macy's. Um, this transitional period of you know having two wheels at the same time because one of the other wheels will be called away is a coin uh, or is a term coined by one of my longtime friends and patrons a slow motion of running two wheels at the same time and uh, it's pretty helpful if you want to keep your exposure high especially if you think one of your lots of shares will get called away over the weekend uh, and you don't want to miss out on like sort of like three days of decay and so the second wheel will be working as the first wheel falls off. There are some things that I like to say about this Macy's wheel, and it's that like I don't feel necessarily passionate about Macy's, so I am breaking a traditional rule I set for myself of trading something that I'm not passionate about, but something to counteract that um, sort of you know, added risk of me entering something that I'm not as passionate about is the mental max loss. Uh, so I want to reemphasize, you know, if Macy's goes down all the way to $15, I'll most likely exit the wheel. And if my cover calls did not help cover some of the premiums on the way down, you know, maybe Macy's gaps down because of an earnings report, or maybe a surprise announcement of it not being able to do well. There's many reasons why it can just immediately gap down below $15. But in terms of just normal trade action week by week, I will be selling covered calls. So I think I'll be safe even all the way down to $15. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. It'd be a really good example of like trading with sort of based on just technicals and just uh, covered call and entry know-hows. Like I'm not doing anything fancy to sort of offset or hedge against my Macy's positions. It's a very vanilla buying the stock and selling a covered call example. So if you'd like to see that, again, you can see it for free at twitch.tv slash realthetagang. You don't even have to be there live at 9 a.m. Pacific time to see it. There's My VODs are always recorded, so you can always watch at a later time as well. Some other updates I have about the 5K count, um, which is now at 6.1K. Uh, I've been trading Costco uh, a bit, and my short iron condor in Costco has been impacted. Um, and Costco was up further above the top wing or the upper wing of 685. Costco almost reached 700 uh, the other week. But since then, Costco has sort of cooled off. It's now at like 683. So it's a little bit out of the money now for the short iron condor, giving further evidence that maybe, just maybe, holding on to your losers when you're on the sell side does pay off because time is on your side. I do have two hedges in place. They're both put credit spreads on Costco in case if there is another reversal upwards, um, which, you know, Costco is a very nice company. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. So I'm keeping the hedges on, uh, but we'll see as theta decays and we see these plays sort of level out. They do have a considerable amount of time left on them. So I'm just kind of like letting them churn. Um, and so Macy's is kind of taking my attention right now. But again, Macy's was just common stock and cover call, not very stressful of a position either. I made some comments while trading on my 5K account with the chat and just talking about how, you know, on the watch list, as I'm looking up and down on my watch list on Robinhood, 
we see lots of red, lots of green, lots of big percentages whipping up and down. But something that's really cool to see is that my 5K count, which is again at 6.1K now over three months, uh, is really just staying up and flat. And that goes to show that if you trade responsibly enough, you don't have to be quite impacted um, as the rest of the market if you just can concentrate on your own plays and your own cost basis or cost bases. I don't know what the heck the plural is for that word. Um, but if you just manage your own positions um, and don't worry about entering the newest, hottest thing uh, or trying to time anything necessarily too hard, because my timing is really bad. I'm very bad at timing, uh, which makes option selling very good for me because as time goes on, time becomes more and more of my friend where you know maybe if you buy an option you know your entry is pretty important because that dictates you know when you set your stop losses if you have a stop loss you know when you take your profits and all that sort of stuff but on the sell side it's a lot more chill it does require a lot more capital but you get what you pay for you spend a little bit more capital but it's a lot more of a relaxing experience which i think trading should be if you're stressed about trading if you're you know, up at night worried about your positions, I'd say you're not trading or investing correctly. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have trading be an added stressor. It should really only be more money in your pocket. Not saying that there's zero stress, but like if you're really stressed, you might want to consider doing a different strategy because you could do a stress-free approach and just put it in SPY with dollar cost average and be very boring, be very Buffett-like and just have no stress and have your account grow. So if you're going your own route, you might as well maximize the comfort or your enjoyment of doing that strategy. And first place to look at is maybe if you're stressed or not. And as for my main account, um, my main account, my main breadwinner is NVIDIA, followed by AMD, and then followed by Palo Alto Networks, then Costco, then CrowdStrike. I've lost on paper on two stocks this year. That includes Ulta and Crocs. Ulta, I'm down $190, $190, and Crocs, I'm down right now $221 after that long put that really went wrong. I'm still slowly chipping away at Crocs. That's slowly coming back. Um, but yeah, CrowdStrike, I've made $2,300 on. Costco, $3,400 on. Palo Alto, $3,600 on. AMD, $3,800. And NVIDIA, $4,800. So Profit loss year-to-date so far on the main account is $17,762.80, and that number is constantly changing because the market is still open right now. So very happy with my performance so far this year. And again, if you want to check it out, I trade live and for free at twitch.tv slash realfadegang. And before we head into the earnings section, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's recently signed up on Patreon, supporting the website, podcast, and stream. Um, I feel very blessed that people are signing up faster, more than now than ever. And also just the quality and the quantity of people in the Discord is just making it so much of a better community. We have so many people with different opinions and different types of strategies, all aligning around being a really good person and learning from each other. So it's been really, really helpful um, getting a lot of newer people on board. And I think a lot of that is the momentum of the Twitch stream doing really well. And then also the website updates, just a whole bunch of positive momentum since I've taken this full time. So just want to say thank you again. And if you're interested in signing up for a Patreon, Patreon seat, 
at the time of this recording, they're all full. But if you want to check back every now and then to see if there's a spot open, you can at patreon.com slash thetagame. All right, let's dive into earnings. Uh, this week, I do have earnings or earnings notes for you guys because last week I was cutting weight, couldn't think of anything but food. Um, but this week, you know, back to the normal diet. Um, I have Netflix here that reported EPS fell short of expectations but beat on revenue. Total memberships were at 260.8 million versus the 256 million expected. Net income is up to almost 1 billion compared to a year earlier of 55 million, so that was kind of huge. Netflix projects their margin to grow 24% instead of 22 or 23% as previously reported. Netflix also guided their earnings per share number higher for this incoming quarter than expected by analysts. And Netflix then commented on that while competitors will reduce spend on content in difficult times, this is when Netflix will lean in more to deliver even more when compared to its competition. Netflix also has a goal of making its ad tier more attractive to advertisers. It says making its sales team and ad operations to be flexible to accommodate advertisers' wants and needs. Netflix sees long-term revenue potential with the ad-based model, and Netflix was up 8% after the bell. Next, we have Texas Instruments. It's a semiconductor company that specializes in analog systems and switches. Um, Think of like your TI-89 calculator. That's Texas Instruments. Uh, They barely beat on earnings per share, but fell short of revenue expectations. Uh, Texas Instruments' first quarter revenue projections came in lower, much lower than expected, which made the stock trade down 3.6% after the bell. Next up, we have what I consider the more boring or industrials and dividend stocks. Uh, Procter & Gamble, after reporting a B on earnings per share but down in revenue, uh, Procter & Gamble was up about 5%. Then there's Johnson & Johnson, barely beating on earnings per share and beat on revenue, and closed down 1% after the bell. And the much bigger 3M, a company that works in health, safety, and consumer goods, beat on earnings per share and revenue, but ultimately traded down 12% after the bell and continued down even more the next day. It appears that investors are taking profit and not happy with future guidance with the company expecting lower revenue than analysts project. However, you should know that 3M is notorious for being very conservative with guidance. Barron's quote, at the start of 2023, uh, management guided to about 8.75 a share, and the final number reported was 9.24 earnings per share. So we see some of this like conservative reporting also by Intel. Intel has also done a little bit of this before where they want to do like a surprise beat. So, you know, it's going to take a lot of your own filling in the blanks to see and, you know, try to predict what 3M might do if you're interested in trading 3M. Again, historically, 3M is just a very boring stock to trade. The IV is very low, and there's just much better companies for you to sort of invest in. In my opinion, being a normal retail trader doesn't have millions of dollars to slam into these safer stocks where I'm trying to beat the market because I'm taking a lot of my capital and trying to do my own thing with it. So uh, 3M down 12% must have been huge for anyone that bought puts very far out the money just because the, again, implied volatility of 3M is very, very low because it doesn't move much with an expected, or not expected, but rather with a move like down 12%, puts have definitely paid out. But again, I don't know why you would ever think this company would have gone down 12%, but congrats to those that did. 
Up next, we have the famous or maybe infamous Tesla. Um, they could not beat on earnings per share or revenue expectations. Revenue only increased 3% compared to the same quarter a year earlier. Operating margin is at 8.2%, which is half of what it was last year, but it was more than last quarter, so it's improving, but not by much. Lower revenue and lower margins means slower growth in auto sales. Tesla mentions that lower volume is expected in 2024 as they're in the middle of two growth waves with newer versions of their cars coming out. Uh, Tesla's labor costs are also rising as wages stay competitive with other automakers. Operating income decreased year over year with Tesla further blaming the lower cost of its vehicles and the cost of AI and other R&D projects. It was down 12% the next day. Tesla is a beast, and a beast that is beautiful and yet very, very destructive. Tesla is very enticing for those that you know first learn about the game strategies, and they're like, wow, yeah, I, I know about Tesla. I know how uh, volatile it is, but I also love Elon Musk, or I also hate Elon Musk. So you know what? This is the perfect stock for me because it goes up and down a lot, and I'll be on the sell side, so my probability of profit will be better. Uh, but it's a trap. You know, you should really try to focus on companies that don't have this sort of movement. We love implied volatility because implied volatility makes it so that we get paid more for the contract because we are taking on more risk. But it's just that it is more risk. And I think Tesla for the newer sort of investor is a little bit too risky to invest. And I can understand my own sort of trajectory in my trading career here where it's coming full circle where when I first started trading, I also traded a bunch of Tesla because it was fun. And I think it is very fun to do even now, but it is incredibly dangerous. And I think this, the scariness of it all does kind of outweigh everything for me at this current moment because, again, I don't have a 9 to 5. This is what I do. And I kind of have to protect my nest egg just a little bit better than the – or just more you know often than the normal person does have a nine to five job that can keep putting money in the market but what i got right now is what i got so i can't take the risk in trading something this volatile um so i'm gonna be sticking with what i know and that includes like nvidia includes amd shopify costco stocks that i'm that i know that i could perform well with i have no reason to trade tesla and maybe you don't either maybe there are other companies that you like maybe other companies you enjoy and you don't need to necessarily bet the bag on tesla maybe a fun trade every now and then but i do also say that those fun trades over time do add up um and maybe you have a goal for yourself to sell a cash secure put on a company again that's where these fun trades like these one-off calls one-off puts do sort of start to add up uh, but you do what you want. This is just a little bit of you know anecdotal advice that I like to give you because I used to also trade Tesla, but it was very stressful for me when I did. It did pay a lot, but again, I just don't think the stress was worth it. Next up, we have IBM, uh, famously very boring, <laughs> throwing shade at one of a uh, longtime friend, longtime patron major here. Um, uh, beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations because of the growth in their hybrid cloud and AI divisions. IBM was trading almost 8% after the bell. Free cash flow for the company is said to go up to $12 billion this year from $11.2 billion. An increase in free cash flow allows the company to contribute more to R&D, buyback shares, 
pay off debt, and etc. So IBM looks very well positioned to you know weather the storm in case of AI does like start to cool off a bit. Uh, they have a whopping number for free cash flow, so that allows them to do lots of very responsible things for the company to keep the company afloat and doing well in case of those downturn. IBM pretty low implied volatility. I I wouldn't trade options on it uh, unless you know if I was really passionate about IBM. Other people are, and so that's their maybe their bread and butter. But for me, a little bit too low, but congrats to everyone that's playing IBM right now. Next up, we have Visa. Visa beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations. Payment volume grew by 8%. A number of process transactions increased by 9%. Nink net income also grew by 17% year over year. Um, Visa also has purchased back recently 14 million shares, returning value back to the shareholders. But Visa ultimately traded down 2.8% after the bell. Visa uh, is providing us the example of this earnings season of why earnings are dangerous. It doesn't matter how well your company is doing. It doesn't matter how well your company reports. It can just mean that sometimes people want to take profits and the uh, price of the stock will go down. So, you know, when it comes to buying earnings, options for earnings why set yourself up for this sort of like disappointment you know if you have a working strategy that you know you know are more predictable or is more predictable you should continue doing that strategy and leave these sort of strategies out however if you do have extra money to play earnings um, for fun have it not impact what you can do in your main strategy that's fine but if you're using the same amount of money for your main strategy and your earnings strategy, which is very easy to do because earnings plays are more expensive by default because there's more volatility around earnings. So just you know, keep that in check. Are you actually playing with fun money for earnings or are you actually dipping into your main strategy money? This is not a place to blame, but it's just a place to reflect. And lastly, we have Intel. Uh, they have a pretty sizable earnings per share and revenue beat. However, Intel gave very bad forward guidance and expects there to be a much slower than anticipated fiscal year. Intel's data center and AI division saw sales decline 10%. Their network and edge divisions uh, declined 24% from the last year. And CEO Pat said that its core business of PC and server chips would be at the low end of the company expectations. Intel was trading down 10% after the bell. It was about down 12% at the time of this recording. And uh, it made AMD go down 3% after the bell and NVIDIA down 1.5% after the bell. This, uh, this earnings for Intel also shows some of the ramifications that might happen if a company that's sizable reports bad and it affecting its peers. So Intel didn't do so good. It gave some bad forward guidance about the future. Uh, so it made NVIDIA go down a bit and AMD go down a bit after hours and then a little bit on to the beginning of the next day. So this goes to show how important it is just to be aware of all the different earnings that are happening at one time because if you're playing earnings, you should try to make it an earnings play. Just be in for the earnings and get out after earnings because if, the longer you keep it on, the more chances there are for other I'd say companies that are in the same industry to report and affect your earnings play. For example, say you bought a call on Home Depot because you think maybe home improvement or you know real estate will continue to go back up as rates go down, and you want to buy Home Depot calls for this earnings play. Um, and then that's for maybe Thursday of this coming week, but you know Lowe's reports first, 
you buy the calls a little bit too early and then Lowe's gives a earnings report that you know maybe their sales are down, it'll make your call probably lose um, at, and not have a great head start like it could have had in case of Lowe's reported really well. Um, and so having other companies affect your earnings play is a danger when you're playing earnings. So typically, we want to remove all the external reasons of why you can win or lose and just have it strictly be on the earnings if you wanted to have it be an earnings play. So I recommend if you had to play earnings, you get in maybe like 10% or not 10%, rather 10 minutes before the bell closes uh, for after hours play um, and then getting out, you know, minutes or at the second the market opens the next day. Keep it very, very tight uh, because in case, again, other companies will always influence um, your stock positions in, if, in case that they're in the same industry uh, for earnings. It's just a very volatile time um, or I guess rather always is not the correct term because I wouldn't say it happens 100% of the time, but there's a very good chance that it will happen. So Keep yourself protected. Get in with a very, very um, uh, small window of time where you can have other uh, reasons for your call to win or lose and have it be strictly based on that earnings window. This podcast, the website, and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash thetagang. Signing up helps keep the services up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, website, and stream full-time as my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full-time and my focus on providing the best service possible for free. The podcast, website, and stream are all for free, and it'll stay that way. Signing up for Patreon gives you a few perks, so check it out again at patreon.com if you're interested in helping support. All right, and this is where I'm going to leave my camera, or camera, uh, my mic running as I get my list of patrons set up. Let me log into my other computer. Um, yeah, we have to go shopping at Costco today. It's a long Costco, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, my fiancé has a day off, so we can't go too far into the 1% section of the day, but I gotta give my shout outs here. Come on, here we go. Um, boom, and we're gonna go here, users, and then uh, roll, we'll go roll patron. Boom, we're inside a database now. We're hacking into the mainframe, uh, and then we're gonna go alphabetical maybe, and we can go backwards. So, we're, special shout out to Young Rich, Whiteen, Vegeta Plank, Upstream Puddle. Um, Turbo Ricky, The Jester, uh, Tekel Me Elmo, Symmetric, Statistic at Random, Slow Motion, Rustier, Roostered, Ensys88, North Brizzle, Nala, Mr. Integrity, Mods, Mim Mim Mim, McFly, Maltman1856, Major, Maestro XC, Louis BG, um, Los Pepes, Lord Skeletor, KJ Martin, King Swift6, uh, Kevlar22, Kaput, K21 Butler, J Perkins86, Husk P, Ground Pound 95, Fancy Wolf, Espresso Bean, EDC, Danube 9000, Dang High, Chicken Dinner, Caveman, Can't Make Money, RRL, Bearded Savage, Benedushi, Avrilian, and Arfman, uh, Andy V, and Alexander Kerm. Thank you so much for supporting me on Patreon um, and uh, just helping keep everything really going. <laughs> I love that I could just do this full time. 
and focus on it. Um, this week, a lot of my focus has been on creating content. Um, I my gut feeling says my Twitch numbers will literally double when I go on YouTube because Twitch numbers they're growing and I'm really really happy of where it's at right now, but it's really hard to figure out about my Twitch stream uh, because you can imagine that the number of people that search for stocks and stock related things on Twitch is very, very low. Uh, but on YouTube, it's much more different. So uh, hopefully the algorithms like my pieces of content that I throw up and, you know, I get maybe a really modest, like a thousand people that view the short the YouTube short that I'm about to put up. Um, you know, if like 1% or 2% of the people watch it, uh, or rather 3% of the people watch it and then just check out the stream one time, uh, I literally double my Twitch numbers. So it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. I kind of hope that it doesn't, uh, you know, get too much traction where the Twitch chat is like uncontrollable and I just don't know how to handle it. Uh, it's a good problem to have, but that's my gut feeling is that one of these days on my Twitch stream, you're just going to notice there's going to be a lot more people. And that's the day when my YouTube short just got in front of enough people's eyes to have that 3% click-through rate, essentially, because I'm going to have the Twitch stream in the description. And people are going to check it out, right? Like a lot of people teach how to do cover calls. They talk about cover calls. But here's this random person that they're seeing, and they're seeing the trade open. Oh, it kind of looks like he's on stream. And then they check out the description and click on it, and boom. So we'll see how this plays out. I'm very excited. I've been playing around with DaVinci Resolve. So shout out to uh, Slow Motion yet again. He gives me some of the best best technical advice here. So I'm using DaVinci Resolve to edit some of my stuff. I'm using also the Twitch editor to um, clip my clips. Uh, and then I think I can also edit my clips there to be a little bit more YouTube short friendly. So that's been an entire journey. I've been scripting up a lot of stuff um, for just content creation. Uh, and as of right now, um, yeah, working on the website as well, working on the rolling feature, uh, and then also making the calendar look better. So whenever you open a trade, uh, a, a contract related trade, you could pick the date to expiration, the calendar that's currently on the website kind of sucks. <laughs> um, it's very hard to read what the current day is, you know, what the nearest Friday is, and it could be just a little bit better. So working on that as well. Uh, because that's I feel is a pain point for me because it's it's really hard to tell which number is bold <laughs> for the current day. So gonna make that a lot more visually themed. Maybe I make it into dark mode. Maybe not. I, I'm gonna have to see how hard it is to tinker with the CSS on that thing. Um, but yeah, very grateful. Um, again, the the vibes in the morning are super strong. I love waking up turning on the stream and there's just a whole bunch of people saying good morning people are sharing like what they're trading for the day people are sharing their losses of why people might be down on intel shout out to who you who you know who you are and i feel for you um, but there's also people sharing their gains sharing what they're trading for the week and it's a fun time um, i'm really really trying to lean in to uh really the live portion of you know what i'm doing because it lets me show you and help clarify anything that you might think is really shilly or it might help you it might help me clarify anything that you think oh it's too good to be true there's no way this person actually shows all of their trades and all this stuff and it helps break that barrier cuz that is a barrier that's been stood up by all of sort of fake people that are on twitter 
and YouTube and Reddit, all these people that talk and you know talk about all these profits that they have, but they don't have anything to show for it, you know. Um, and then also, when do they lose? Do they ever talk about their losses? There's just this entire barrier that I'm trying to break down, and that starts with this first clip I'm about to post on YouTube, which is um, which is crazy. I'm very excited, um, and I'll I'll be sure to link it in the show description, uh, probably by next week. I think that's my objective of this incoming week, um, the week that you're listening to this, to edit it and make it perfect just for YouTube. Um, you can see some of the clip on Twitch.tv. I clipped it already, but it needs to be sort of doctored into like this vertical format because. You know, we we watch we watch stuff on our phones, um, and uh, that's been a learning experience because I've never been really good at video editing or really anything creative. I have also been working on uh, my next shirt. My next shirt is something that I've been working on pretty extensively, um, and the Patreon or not the Patreon, but the Discord got a little hint on what it might look like. Some of the design ideas. It's gonna have a woven tag on the bottom it's gonna make it look super official and um very excited for that getting some estimates on how much woven tags would be if i went locally versus went to uh, etsy etsy is a bit expensive for what i can tell but uh there's a company that's pretty local to me that also does the same thing and i'm trying to support local business if i can make this all from local businesses it'd be really cool um but kind of hard to do um with just what i had in mind for the shirt uh but yeah very very busy last week just i have so many different paths i'm on and i'm starting to realize like yeah i gotta start focusing on one and getting it delivered and i think that starts with the youtube content so thank you for listening and uh, i'll have more updates next week i really appreciate you all um listening this far for those that do for that for those that care about this section um and yeah 9 a.m pacific time twitch.tv slash real theta gang otherwise i'll see everyone next week on the next podcast episode bye-bye